This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon. You're listening to Live and Learn with me, Dashrin Johan. When it comes to elections, people often think about big coalitions. Take G15, for example, in which all the attention has been on juggernauts such as PN, BN, PH, GPS in Sarawak and the likes. But these are not the only parties running for elections. Apart from smaller parties, there are also individuals who run in elections not representing any party or coalition. I'm talking about independent candidates or chalon bebas. So what goes through the mind of an independent candidate? Why do they run in elections? What do they hope to achieve? To help me understand this a little bit, I have on the show on the show with me Dr. K. J. John, who's contesting as an independent for the Petaling Jaya parliamentary seat. He will be going up against PH, BN, PN, Pajuang, and a smaller party, um, Party Riot Malaysia. Welcome to the show, Dr. John. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for inviting me because uh, it's first time ever. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I'm very excited to uh, you know dig your brain and, and to just understand why you decided to run um, you know in GE15. But before we get into the, the politics side of things, I'd like to get to know you a little bit better. As I understand, you've had more than 30 years of experience as a public policy analyst for the Malaysian government. Tell me about the work that you have done over the years. Okay. Well, I graduated from University of Malaya at the age of 21 and decided, was choosing between public or private service. And as it would be, you put in all your applications, even in those days, you know, you have to compete to get in. So I had interviews with a few GLC type private agencies and I had public service, but the one that was burdening my heart was to go into public service because dad, uh, my dad who has passed away, but he said, whatever you do in life, serve the people. Okay. So that kind of was a motivating force for, for me to go into public service. So I served, started in JPM mm-hmm. with Tun Raza. I, and I joke and say the father, not the son. And, and I served with Taufik's father too. Okay, Tony Smile. <laughs> right. And they were just great people to work with. And I had bosses in the JPM where I was posted. Bosses were also equally good. I remember being assigned to a assignment in Kelantan, really the Ulus of Kelantan, which I went for the first time. And the instruction to me was, go on to the ground, the deepest jungle uh, village there is, and tell me if the post militia is delivering mail there. Because the prime minister had promised that we will at least send mail once a month. I mean, that was that was how we started. You know? right. So fast forward, I went through JPM, then I went to Intan, then I went for my master's, I came back to Intan, and then they got went back for my doctorate, came back again, reassigned to MITI, where I worked with uh, Minister Rafida. And I think that was the, that and the next eight years were the capstone years of my life because I began to contribute in some meaningful way. In MITI, I, did, I was the director of industrial policy and we came on this, with the second Malaysia plan. I mean, I, industrial mm-hmm. master plan too. And in MIMOS, uh, where I was on loan for eight years, I contributed to developing the national IT agenda, which anticipated, we didn't use the word social media, but it anticipated internet being 
proliferated all over the area and right. we are going to be handling things that we didn't understand. I hope that kind of gives you a sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Years. Um, what did you um, get a doctorate in? My doctorate is in organizational theory or organizational culture. Right. Um, you seem to be very passionate about um, public policy, Dr. John. Um, yeah. You know, it's something you've pursued for many years. Um, for many years. What, what is it about public policy that intrigues you? If you think about politics, the root word politics or the root word policy, and they're from the same root. It's in the Athenian idea of a city-state. So the affairs of the big state is what makes for politics. And out of that, from politics, you should actually come out with a policy. Right. If it's politics in a, as an end in itself, then you just have, well, some people going to jail and others trying to take power anyway. Right. Okay, so that's the negative side of politics. But if you have good positive politics of the affairs of the state being discussed in cogent and rational and coherent ways, we can get public policy formulated. IMP2, my experience with doing the industrial master plan was fantastic experience because we brought in world, uh, world consultants. We paid for the service. We gave our contract for about 6.3 million and got consultants to do macro models and micro models and we put it all together and became a policy. So policy making is an essential function. And in the old days, in the old days of the civil service, the minister and the second gen of a ministry are co-equal partners in policy function. Uh, today, it may have diminished a lot more because I remember the first time I visited Putrajaya some 10, 15 years ago, uh, I went to meet a good friend who was the second gen of a ministry. And I said, uh, where's your minister's office? And he said, Oh, the minister's office is upstairs. I said, why are they upstairs and you downstairs? <laughs> Almost two floors upstairs were taken over by politicians. Right. And the civil servants became Saya Yang Manorut Prenta, or I who obediently follow you without reason or logic. Why did you decide to join? Uh, why did you decide to toss your name in the arena um, or to, to, to sort of um, join um, this this frontline politics, the world of frontline politics, because um, as you've mentioned, you've been very um, passionate about public policy for many years, and you've done your work in public policy, serving um, various um, uh, the administrations of the Malaysian government over the years. So why not continue in that cap capacity? Why did you feel that you know now's the time for me to? you know, throw my name in the arena, uh, you know, join the battleground of, of frontline politics? When I was at the peak of public service, peak, that means in the last 15, 20 years of service, you had a sufficiently senior rank, uh, which is second or third tier in any ministry. Right. And you become a policy advisor, genuinely a policy advisor, because what you present to the minister is what becomes policy. But having seen that, I also saw a lot of flaws in the system. You know, when I came back with my doctorate, they wanted to send me to Intan to go back and become a teacher. I said, I'm done with teaching. I want to do real work in a ministry because I want to do policy formulation. Right. So I was sent to MITI and uh, I was actually called, uh, I was a deputy first, director of policy research. You know, then uh, went on to be director of industrial policy. Uh, but 
I also saw the weaknesses. I saw a lot of deficiencies and weaknesses. And it were, most of it were directly linked to, quote, unquote, abuse of the new economic policy. Remember, I started in JPM with the new economic policy. And so when I first got my job, six weeks after I went through interview process and all, I had to decide, do I really want to implement this new policy which promotes one group and doesn't talk so much about the others other than in terms of poverty? And I decided, no, if the country was to move forward, we needed to do that. I was convinced. And that kind of trained by both my dad's background and teaching and my alumni with the Royal Military College, you know. Every Saturday, we are saluting the flag. I mean, it's something you honor and respect, you know. But when you see that flag being tattered and torn and diminished in so many different ways, it bothers you. So on February 13, 2006, I went before a special committee started by the government of the day. That was the government of the day was led by Pala as prime minister. Uh, they set up a special committee on integrity. Come and give us feedback about integrity or the lack thereof. You know? So I put 20 pages and believe it or not, I never heard anything back through different groups of governments. Right. A month ago, I actually called Tansri Azar, who is the speaker now, you know, happens to be from my hometown, so I know the guy. And I called him and I said, hey, can you help me? I want to see whatever happened to my report because nobody ever contacted me after I made that complaint. How is it that in parliament we cannot get answers to some basic questions? If it's not in parliament, where else do you find answers mm -hmm. to these issues? To me, it was. So I decided, I said, okay. No, then let me put one more factor then. Right. Hurt me badly personally. When a lady like Alton Tuya can just disappear with no evidence of what happened to her, and her father is crying from overseas, where's my daughter? And then it ha happens very close to me. Pastor Raymond Ko is a personal friend of mine. I know Raymond and his wife Suzanne very well. So when he disappears and we have no answer, and it doesn't appear to be a senior a priority in parliament, then I wonder what these jokers are doing in parliament. It really hurts my feelings mm -hmm. to think that Atantuya can disappear, and Raymond Ko can disappear, and Amri Chepman can disappear, Joshua Helmi can disappear, and Ruth Sithiu disappear. But we have no answers. So I decided enough is enough. At the age of 72, I decided I'm going for it. I want to get into parliament because I want to find answers to what happened to these people. And if parliament cannot do it, then I don't know what I'm going to do. Seriously, I don't know what I'll do. Because they're in mass. I mean, you are a democratic country. We're not in Soviet Russia or China or whatever. If we cannot find the answers through parliament, then we have a serious problem at hand. That's where I'm coming from. So, Dr. John, why run as an independent candidate as opposed to joining a political party when 
or running under a ticket of a political party means you just have a higher chance of of getting into parliament, which is what you want to do, and and you know investigate all these um, of these um, cases, um, raise questions about many of these incidences. In 2017, I did join a political party. Right. I joined Amana, mm-hmm. and because I was convinced and convicted that they were one of the parties that stood for truthfulness within the country, within the system. So I did join in 2017 because everybody in political parties said, you're not going to be an MP if you're not in a political party, as you rightly said. Okay, so I did join. But then I realized the political realities on the ground. How is Amana going to nominate me as a candidate for Pataling Jaya, which is where I've lived for 40 years? I know all the issues on the ground. I've been biking around. I travel within the home. I raise five children in this place. So every school in the neighborhood is known to us. And this is home. Although I'm originally from Singapatani, this is home. So I wanted to stand in my home, but under the arrangement of political parties, Amana cannot just put a flying candidate into PJ. Right. On paper, on paper, they say it belongs to PKR. Right. On paper. Actually, no. I went and I was there with Maria Chin and Rajiv when they were nominated. Maria stood as an independent. So I still believe that PJ is an independence domain. Why should it be given to PKR or Amana or DAP or BN or PN or anybody else? Why can't the citizens of urban Putalingjaya make rational choices about the future of the country? It's not just cleaning drains and getting dumpsters cleared. That's not the issue alone. We have a country that makes laws. And in a rule-based law legal system, if you say three guys can disappear and nobody, not even the police, not even Suhakam, not even my council can tell me, give me answers. Isn't something fundamentally wrong in this country? Is it easier than just to migrate and go somewhere else? Because you can't get answers to this country. These are things that are bothering me. See, genuinely and seriously. So I decided don't create problems in Amana optionally retire. I told them, I, I even tabled a paper against corruption for them. Okay, after I tabled the paper, I said, I'm excusing myself, I'm going to go and stand. So I stand as an independent now. Well, we know historically independence theoretically don't do well. But I'm betting on the fact that urban residents of Patalingjaya, which used to be called Salatan, is now renamed Patalingjaya or P106, our neighboring constituency, which is Tamansara now. These are people who are all educated, smart guys, you know. We cannot assume they're stupid. But I have to make my message clear to them. That's where I felt it as as an independent. We don't have the party infrastructure, you know, to support and promote. So we're doing everything we can independently. I just want to clarify that, um, you know, Maria Chin did run somewhat as an independent, but she ran under the PKR ticket. Um, but I, I get your point, and I, I'm wondering, how do you weigh your chances? Um, you know, we are a few days away from elections. How do you weigh your chances 
going up against juggernauts. Um, we are talking about the likes of Pakatan Harapan, Barisan National, Perikatan National. If we want to usher in democracy, a Westminster model of democracy, and if we want to believe that Rahia, uh, Parliament is, Dewan Rakyat is the place where laws are made and monitoring of accountability and transparency happens there. How do we do it? Through parties? I'm sorry, actually, I sent some private messages to two or three different persons who are very close to me. And I said, did you talk about Amri Chepman in parliament? Did you talk about Altan Tuyo in parliament? Did you talk about uh, Raymond Ko in parliament? If you didn't, then what are you rep whom are you representing? Because I'm a sizable community down here who is interested in Raymond Ko. And if you say we don't care, then you must say I no, I don't care about Rahia. I only care about my party and their rules. Because you know, parties have whips. At age 17 was the first time I visited Parliament as a student from Royal Military College. We were taken by our professor or teacher who was teaching government. Those days we had a paper on government, you know. So we went to visit. So at age 17, we have been exposed to what is the nature of democracy, at least a parliamentary system, Westminster system. You know. We don't have separation of power as much as the American system, but surely the legislature, or at least in the special committees like the one on integrity set up by parliament, they didn't... I didn't set it up. They set it up, and they invited comments. So I took time to write a 20-page paper without pointing finger at anybody in particular. I was describing, from my doctoral experience, the culture of corruption. You know, and I defined it in 20 pages. But if everybody in parliament, all those who sat on the committee, and I met one or two of them and told them that I'm very disappointed, couldn't do it. And I'm saying, I want to go in there and get it done. I'm saying policies versus parties. On the show with me today is Dr. K.J. John, who's contesting as an independent for the Petaling Jaya parliamentary seat. After the break, I ask him, what are his pledges for the people of Petaling Jaya? Keep it here on Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Live and Learn. I'm Dashran Johan and on the show with me today is Dr. K.J. John, who's contesting as an independent for the Petaling Jaya parliamentary seat. And I'm talking to him about, well, being an independent candidate. Why contest in an election as Chalon Bebas? So, Dr. John, how do you respond to people who say, um, yes, you may have some good ideas, um, but it goes back to why Amana is not perhaps putting a candidate in Petaling Jaya, um, you know, these parties have negotiations among themselves um, to not split the vote um, because, you know, ultimately the narrative, um, Pakatan Harapan's narrative, for example, mm -hmm. is we need to unite the progressive forces and, and get, um, you know, and defeat Barisan National. That should be the priority, um, according to them at least. Now, how do you then respond to this idea of vote splitting that, Okay, if you are friends with people who are in the democratic um, forces, um, parties representing uh, democratic ideals in Malaysia, whether it's Amana, whether it's DAP, so on and so forth, you're talking about personal friends um, there, then what 
what's the point of going into um, quote unquote their territory and splitting the votes? Um, how would you respond to questions like these? Okay. If we understand what is a democracy, it's not just one person, one vote, but it's anybody who wants to stand and qualified right. to stand and doesn't have a bad record can stand. Right. Okay, so as we can see on the ground today, I don't think there's any straight fight. So anything beyond a straight fight is split by the definition of these naysayers. Right. So they need to fight among themselves to figure out what is a split, who is splitting whom. Or as Taufik very clearly identified once when I asked him, he said, no, the day parliament is debubarkan, there are 20, 222 seats and anybody qualified can stand. There's no prerogative to anybody to win. And in this instance, we have six candidates. Uh, in some other seats, there are at least 10. The more the merrier. You know, whoever wins. And if I can get my message across to the people of Patalingjaya, if I can get them to believe that I truth matters to me and I'm going out all the way to parliament to find the truth matters about some important issue linked to dignity of individuals, there's a big lacuna here. There's a vacuum that needs to be filled, you know. And are you telling me parties can fill? If that is true, they would have filled it some time ago. How can we be a developed status country when you cannot explain where some Malaysians disappeared to? They were obliterated, and we have no idea where they are. We cannot be a democratic country if we cannot explain. People who have birth certs and IC numbers, you know, can disappear. And that, that really is what truth matters, my theme line for this uh, ad campaign that I'm trying to run, you know. Uh, is focused on. But I think the answers must lie in parliament. May not be in the 222 people, Devan Raya, where there's jokers and clowns and all kinds of gimmicks happening. But surely in special committees we can. But at the moment, PAC may be the only standing committee. Why don't we have five more standing committees? I know that my classmate from Standard One the last time, Tansri Arif, that set up a whole range of, we are all students of the same professors, okay? We want to see better governance in Malaysia. And that's the direction I think the country needs to move. But a population must become smarter. The population cannot be blind loyalty and splitting votes argument. These are all silly argument to me. Right. If you get six good candidates for president of any club in the country, and the best guy wins. We'll all be happy for the club. It's no reason not to be happy because you know the good guy with a good character and outstanding reputation or whatever will bring the cup forward. And you have a democratic process, you know. Once a year you have an AGM or once in five years you have an election to review and no harm done. But this is what motivates me. I hope I answered your question. So I want to ask you also about campaigning because... Um, we know parties have, you know, the big coalitions, especially the big parties, they have enormous resources, uh, machinery. Um, when they call for volunteer, hundreds of people automatically, um, you know, put their names forward. Um, they, you know, easily can mobilize people to put flags all over um, Petaling Jaya, for example, where you are contesting. Um, we see Pakatan Harapan's flags all over the place. Um, yeah. 
what is as an independent candidate how do you approach an elections campaign okay first i some years ago i've been interested those who know me know i've been interested in politics but i had a dad who told me only at age 50 now you can go into politics before <laughs> then you stay out of politics and don't misunderstand because he was a founder member of kada mic and at age uh, i can't remember his age but at 1953 he stood for elections for town council and won the seat in urban sungapatani right so i know that even though he's a first generation migrant he came at the age of 19 he got involved hectically into the both the politics and the business of the country but he told me to stay out of both of them and i did it very faithfully as a son up to age 50 <laughs> and i formally asked in front of my younger brother and i said dad can i join politics now at the age of 50 he said now i think you're smart enough to enter <laughs> not get hurt <laughs> so that is sort of uh, yeah so i decided at a later age and then my friends in political system said what well, you're standing as an ngo because i ran an ngo for 17 years i still run the ngo on good governance you know uh but now i've said no i think i'm done with public service for 33 years i've done 17 years of ngo work focusing on good governance we sent we ran nine national congresses on integrity and the word integrity was there you know and we still not close to achieving any of the above so i said okay give yourself one last chance john go in of course the hindrances are many but you know the best people who come i got now a frame called bff okay uh, my my son works in bens fast food that's what his bff is but my bff is best friends and family right who had been funding our campaign best friends and family and i can say that although the notion was you each candidate needs at least 200000 to be effective in you know uh i just half that by 50% and said i used to teach productivity at intan you know so i said let's work with half that figure so we raised money through friends and family that's the only way we didn't take any quote unquote business donation in fact there was a business group that came to donate some money i said no it violates everything i stand for so <laughs> so we have to live by the code we have called all five, four of us standing in gray independent face similar problems we have supporters you know different depending on our professional life and or lived life somewhere uh, but we face some challenges but it's time for the public rakyat to also wake up you know recently i was in taman medan Uh, went to see the people on the ground really the desamantari complex where there have been racial riots before and problems serious problems i broke my heart seriously i've been there once before but i didn't go there with, i went to deliver something but this time i went and talked to the residents and it breaks my heart i can't believe that in 2022 there's a place like desamantari there's not enough parking for just the motorbikes forget the cars and there are three room apartments in some of them are 10 to 12 people living 
And we call it developed Malaysia, for goodness sakes. We know there is Dua Darjat Malaysia. You know, there is another side, which is in Sri Satya, which is also under the PJ constituency. You know, the three Adun districts are under. So our Taman Medan is one. Sri Satya is the other. That's where the golf courses are, and that's where Ara Damansara is, and then the new high-rise apartments are, and they have four rooms and three bathroom kind of settings, and swimming pools attached. Now, don't Desamantari people deserve that too? Can't they have a quality of life that they deserve? Or are we saying, no, 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 there are always two classes of people, the royalty and everybody else. That's an older set of ideas. And if I remember my American, limited American history, that was what the Boston Tea Party was all about. They were rejecting this idea of a super breed of people who rule over the others, you know. And democracy was basically about, we are all equals. Now let's see how I can love my neighbor a little as much as I love myself. So on that note, um, what is your personal manifesto um, heading into GE15? Um, I guess there's two folds to that. Um, on, one, on the one hand, um, if you get elected, um, and go into parliament, what policies will you be championing um, when it comes to national issues? And also, what is your pledge to the people of Petaling Jaya um, in terms of their local issues, um, um, their concerns? What is your pledge to them? Okay. The framing context, mm -hmm. I have called it ABC. Okay. And it's as simple as ABC. Now, what is ABC? Mm -hmm. Against bribery and corruption. It is. It is as simple. We are taught in our homes, in every family in the in the country, we teach children don't cheat, don't steal, don't lie. But how is it when we work in organizations, we forget these three basic principles that mummies and daddies taught us. Don't cheat, don't steal, don't lie. What is the MD, one MDB all about? It's about cheating, about stealing, it's about lying. So... That's my overarching frame. Right. But to say you are standing for corruption is almost like, I like uh, apple pie. You know? <laughs> it's a motherhood statement. You know? But having said that, I have some very clear ideas how I want to get reach that. Okay. The first, the big policy I want to see executed is to make sure Senator Ati Nahapan report is executed. In 1970, I was at a dialogue on Sunday, and I asked everybody who has heard of Ati Nahapan report, and nobody put up their hands. That tells us that we are dated in a sense. It was only 50 years ago, Senator Ati Nahapan did a major study of local government in Malaysia. Today, there are 157 of them. Some of them must have elections on the ground. The cities must have elections because... The budget of uh, Wilai Paskutun is bigger than one or two states put together. And they're spending my public funds. And I'm a public servant, so I have very strong feelings about spending money that you don't have authority to spend or wasting or worse still, corruption. Okay? So my goal in this round of what I call third public service career you know, NGO was writing and talking only, okay, this is going to act. My goal is to go in and see if we can execute the Ati Nahapan report. I'm not going to start anything new. It's already there in parliament. It's sitting there. In fact, I got 
the copy of the report, borrowing it from the University of Malaya. They're the only among the few libraries that had a copy of it. I borrowed it, went and photostatted it, went through it, and I said, now, why couldn't we do that? We're 50 years later. There is a null hypothesis, a fake hypothesis that believes that. Oh, we have uh, elections, we'll have racial riots. That was the public narrative that killed this idea. I was glad at the forum on Sunday, the MCA guy said, it's time for local government elections. So he and I, he's a juggernaut, by the way. He and I are on the same page. And we took on the younger guy in our group, the 41-year-old, without mentioning names, okay? Right. Because I argue that cities can have elections. If cities can have, and I mean the councillors are elected. I have a very specific idea. 24 councillors represent 24 jurisdictions we call precincts or areas or zones. You must live in that area to stand for that area. And then you get voted, you are the councillor for three or five year period, whatever is agreed on. Okay, you are a councillor, get the job done. If my drain doesn't clear, I go looking for you, I'm sorry. But no point going to your MP and saying right. my drain. Mm-hmm. MP was never elected to clear your drain, for goodness sake. So we need third-tier governance democracy. And that can only happen if we ha- allow the 157 local authorities in the country today, and they cover almost 90% of the country, this 157. So if you put democracy at that grassroots level without politics, partisan politics, I, I make it the member who stands for election in a jurisdiction, zone, or precinct cannot belong to a political party. He just wants to represent his geography to go to council and make sure policies of the council affect you directly and you can bring about change. So that's my big policy initiative that I would like is to reinstate and execute the Senator Martina Pernod. It's not any new idea. It's a 50-year-old idea. But I think it's well needed in this country and it will bring a third tier of democracy without partisan politics. We ban all parties from, except the mayor. I'm open to the idea that parties have an influence, a positive influence. So you can say, okay, party members can stand for mayor, you know, but that's all. The councillors are jurisdiction people with geographies in interest because then they represent that geography, that group on the ground and the real people who live breathe and pay taxes, even if we call it only assessments, <laughs> which is a lot of money. I pay quite a bit, okay? But I know they say no taxation without representation. At the moment, there is taxation, but no representation. I just want to see that diamond, you know, third-tier democracy executed in Malaysia. That is my burning idea, and I want to see it executed. Nothing new. It's an old idea, but because people have overstayed their welcome, they all forgot that Athena Alpman did exist. And he did an outstanding job. And now it's time to promote that idea back into the country. Before we wrap this conversation up, um, Dr. Yeah. John, um, just one last question. Um, we are a few days away from um, GE15, from polling day, which is happening this Saturday, November the 19th. Um, would you have a final message for us? My message to all Rayat who listen in to BFM, because I recognize that it's not the whole country I'm speaking to, uh, is that we must look at individuals and their character. 
because you're going to elect somebody who's going to represent you in parliament. They cannot represent the parties. They must represent you because you voted. Parties didn't vote you in. The parties only emplaced you. And by becoming a great independent candidate, I'm challenging the authority of the party. So you can put, I can put too. You know, I just need the courage and the wherewithal and the financial maybe capacity to fight this battle. But we are starting a change movement. It's only four this time. I bet you by next election, there'll be 15 or 20 standing. Even if one of us win, I think we have made a big dent in the system because it was made, the teal movement in Australia did bring about change. Okay, the issues were different, but they did bring it. They were independents who stood for certain principles and brought about change. And Australian and our democracies are pretty much the Westminster system. So there is opportunity, and I, I'm just saying, give me a chance. Okay, if you want, you connect with me, ask me questions. I'm glad. I've been doing some walking around. I'm hoping uh, tomorrow to go to Section 3 in Talangir, the Malay community area. You know, first walk through the market, get to know all the market people, and then hoping we can have a about lunchtime event with the Malay community in Section 3. Because I don't want to assume that all of PJ are just Chinese. That's not true. You know, there are lots of others, and we, it's a balanced uh, constituency. It's a tough constituency. But I think we can define the future of the country. Well, even before City Hall ever will. I'm convinced that PJ is the best representation of Malaysia you can find. I really believe that. Because it's a mixed crowd and fairly edu well-educated, intelligent, third-generation people or fourth-generation people. And on that note, thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. John. Thank you for inviting me. I really, first time ever. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Bye. That was Dr. KJ John, who's contesting as an independent for the Petaling Jaya parliamentary seat um, this Saturday the, uh, on GE15. Um, if you missed any part of our conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the B BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashran Johan, and this has been Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the VFM app.